0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the SC Reports. It's all about Timeless Tuesday for round eight. in here, JT, not around tonight. He's got something else to do and I'm very surprised that he's not here because the uh, I guess for tonight, is lucky and being a Knights fan, I thought that JT would be all over this podcast but he's not here. So uh, you must be pretty happy that um, there's, it's me on board tonight, mate.
1: Yeah, mate. I almost called in sick myself until I heard that he wasn't going to be around Then I was happy to do it.
0: Yeah, well, my boys got uh, ruffled up as well. So let's move on from round seven to all about round eight tonight. How did did your team go on the weekend?
1: Uh, I absolutely limped, and I mean it by every sense of the word, limped to a 10.50, um, which was kind of middle of the range, I think. I was carrying a few dud players. I traded in Munster about five minutes before the start of the Storm game, which did not work out. Um, yeah, and so I'm still floating around about 35k at the moment. It's been a horror year. I can't, I can't turn it around yet. How about yourself? You had a good one, didn't you?
0: No, <laughs> it's a, this year is just horrible for absolutely horrible for me, mate. I'm, um, I think I had a, a round seven rank of 40,000 for overall or something with, um, uh, one hundred and five zero. So I thought that was actually going to be an okay score, and particularly with Latrell and Munster and all those guys underperforming. Um, also dodged the the Ponga captaincy as well, and I thought that was going to be fantastic. Then Haas played sixty odd minutes with the uh, two utilities on the bench, so no idea what's going on there. But uh, no, I'm I'm having a shocking year. It's all over for me. But um, let's talk about someone that's having a fantastic season, and that's uh, former uh NRL Super Coach Talk contributor Nick, who is in the top forty right now. So, but just painting the scene here: he hasn't watched a game all year. Uh, done has done no research. He does his tr- makes his trades one hour after lockout and leaves them. Doesn't nothing to do with reverse or anything, and sets his captain at that point in time as well. So, it's phenomenal, Leakey. I don't really know how else to explain it.
1: Hey. <laughs> I find it amazing that this guy started this website and he's been playing this very seriously for, you know, 10 to 15 years and completely walks away from it and has his best season to date with no prep, no interest whatsoever. Well, I don't also, I won't say no interest. He does have an interest to jump in, in the chat every now and then to hang shit on the rest of us, but other than that, it's just it's it's astounding. I can't believe it.
0: It is I think you- Picked his side about thirty minutes before before round one as well, and uh, yeah, oh well, it's. Uh, I hope he does win. It'd be an awesome story, and would be something that I hope the Daily Telegraph guys jump all over as well. Um, amazing, because generally the, the people that do win it are watching every game, re-watching them, and and uh, well, they're basically like catfish, so um, <laughs> they're obsessed with it. He's not; he, he couldn't give two shits, to be honest, and he's doing fantastically. Um, before we move on to the team list, just quickly, please, uh, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we've got some fantastic podcasts going this year uh, and a lot more than what we have done in previous years. So the Sunday night we've got um, JT's uh, weekend roundup, which is fantastic, and he, he's got a weekend guest um, on uh, a different one each each weekend, and, and that's really cracking to listen to on a, on a Monday. And then I'll... The team was Tuesday on a Tuesday night, and then we've got the uh, the trade discussion on the Wednesday. So historically, we've just had the one we're pumping out through this year, and if you subscribe, you get them straight into your feed automatically, which helps you out. Uh, and also, if you can just leave us a review as well, that uh, helps us out because it um, enables us to move up the charts a little bit as well, which is um, important for us, and, and, and that's how you can assist us and uh, let's move on to team list then, mate. I'm going to let you carry this through because you've been doing such a fantastic job of it. Uh, Storm versus the Roosters on a Thursday night. What's happening there?
1: It's going to be a cracking game. I'm looking forward to this one. But um, obviously a huge out for the Storm with Munster going down with MCL injury. He's out for about three to four weeks, um, according to physio. Um, and then there's a couple of ACLs. Sydney had a shocker on Friday, didn't they? Ferrells and Victor both uh, falling victim to the dreaded ACL. So their years are done. Um, But in a plus for the Chooks, they get Teddy back and they get um, Josh Morris returns into the centers. So they're sort of as full strength as they can be um, at the moment. A guy I'm looking at, uh, Nat Butcher, um, replacing Victor Radley. So Nat Butcher comes in. To lock, He's 380k second row forward and he's looking at about a 60 to 70 break even at the moment. So, he's not going to go too far, but it'll be good to have a look at him. Um, Friend replaces Verils, uh straight away. You know, Roosters aren't losing too much there. And um, Riley Jacks comes in to replace Munster for the Storm. Yeah, so good pickup
0: on the Butcher. Um Uh, addition there I guess with uh, Victor Radley going out of the side and he's been in fantastic form this season I think Fox Sports are going to need a new poster boy uh, because he seems to be the guy that's featuring in almost every single one of their ads he'll be able Um, to get a few
1: pub uh, feeds though
0: he will get a few pub feeds yes the chats I think it is loves those boys Um, but yeah so Butcher uh, I had a look I've written this up in the team's analysis which is going to go live tonight but um, in four games last year where he played over 60 minutes, he averaged 83 points with one of go- those at lock producing 88 points with 66 in base. So um, Christ, uh I think he's around about th- – he's mid-300s at the moment. Yeah, he's, think- he's about
1: 378, so th- you're just under that 380 mark at the moment. And he's got yeah. a relatively high break even, so that won't move too much um, yeah, even, yeah, even yeah, with yep, a strong yep. game.
0: Yeah, BA sixty six, so definitely
1: wait a week for that. The other one,
0: Teddy, B E this uh week of fifty-five, but that's gonna skyrocket next round to about a hundred and fifty. Um and then you're set for the storm. Obviously, Cameron Munster's gonna miss the next four to six weeks um uh, with an injury, so you have to sell him, particularly this year, has been replaced by Riley Jackson. That's that's about it for me. Um you had the PAP going big last round, um, and they've got um, a difficult match probably this week and next, but then they've got the Titans in round 10. So he's one to watch for that, particularly with Munster out. And then Cameron Smith is another one too. So he's got a break-even of 102 uh, this weekend or this Thursday night, Um, kind of hoping that for round 10 he, he falls under that 700K, which would be... Very, very good. Uh, as we progress through these games, mate, I'm just going to look, give a little bit of a match-up rating for both sides as well, um, sure. which is what appears in the, the team's analysis too. So for both of these sides, I've got a match-up rating as bad. Um, starting with the Storm up against the, the Roosters, the Roosters don't concede too many super points. I don't think you need to be genius to figure that out. Um, and even looking at last week where they lost uh, two guys to ACLs, they still... Uh, only had four Dragons players score more than 60 points against them and a team average of 43 points. So they're pretty hard to do anything against uh, and a bad matchup pretty much every week. Fall the Storm, uh, they've got the third fewest points conceded against them since the break. Um, and they're going to be, I think, quite difficult for the Roosters. Um, a lot of their players again, massive like Brett Morris and Tedesco. So it's going to be really interesting. Looking at last year... Um, uh, the Roosters players conceded on average only 44 points per player against the um, against the Storm, um, and to me that's 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 pretty interesting. Looking as said, just how well the Roosters have been going. So uh, shapes is a pretty bad matchup for both those sides, but um, you know the likes of a Teddy and a Cam Smith, they they seem to be pretty matchup proof. So you're definitely not going to be benching either of them. Let's move along to the Raiders versus the Dragons. What's happening there?
1: Um, there's a fair bit of news, fair bit of movement in Canberra. Jordan Rapana has a calf strain, so he's out for a week or two, and Corey Horsburgh, um, Liz Frank um, injury. So he's gone for three months. Um, that's a huge loss for them, but um, Tapani has come back in. He had a week off, resting a sore knee. Um, so he replaces Horsburgh, um, with Simonson and Michael Oldfield coming into the centres to um uh, you know, Curtis Scott was dropped just because he's been rubbished so far this year. Um, but I think the biggest news mm. for the Raiders uh, that's come out this weekend is not even team list related. John Bateman has told them he's gone next year. He's going to be either playing for the Dogs yeah. or for Wigan um, by the looks of things. that's um, I thought that was really interesting. That they they came out today, I think.
0: Yeah, well, Ricky Stewart... Yeah, Ricky Stewart didn't hold up, hold back from that. I saw that um, basically just cracking on about it. So that's going to be sad. I, I've even said here that I, I, I'll be surprised if he plays this year, yeah. uh, to be honest. There's yeah. some doubt until when he's going to return with that shoulder injury. So he could have played his last game for the Raiders and hopefully not in the NRL. Um, it'd be great to see him hang around. Um, I, I guess the one big thing there for the Raiders is they finally sacked Curtis Scott. So Michael Oldfield replaces him in the centres. Um, Scott drops to the bench. That should help their defense a little bit because Scott's been pretty horrible um, this year. Um, Just a small talking point, um, Josh Papali. So he 100 points against the Eels, 75 coming from base plus power. He's probably at the right price now uh, to be looking at if you want to upgrade in the front row. Is he someone that you would
1: consider at all? I love Josh Papali and I love him in the front row, but I think... um I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be looking at him in, in the near future anyway, as uh, we spoke about and we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Marty To is on my radar for the next couple of weeks with his price dropping um, just as a solid sort of contributor. I don't think he's going to be a world beater, but um, he's cheap and, and that sort of thing. So I've got Carrigan coming back in and I've got Haas on, in there at the moment. So I'm happy to run with those guys for the time being. I'd love to have Papali, but just um, – you know my priorities are elsewhere yeah okay um so for the dragons there's no changes
0: there so um yeah not too much to speak about apart from
1: um well i was gonna kind of i was gonna let you bang on about your boy dufty you grabbed him a couple weeks ago and you haven't stopped crowing he's been great for you
0: I don't think I've crowed too much, man. I've, I've actually only played him once. I didn't play him last weekend because I thought that he was going to stink it up against the Roosters, but he looked good. I'm actually going to be trading him out um, this round. He's maxed out in price. I don't think he's a season keeper. Um, and I'll, I'll be trading him to Nathan Cleary, which um, whilst I would like to keep um Dufty, I just don't have the cash generation elsewhere to do it. So um I've made my hundred and fifty K or whatever it's been with getting him in, which was the whole point. So moving him on this week. The other guy is Zach Lomax, he's been um producing the goods. He looks like a, a keeper for the centre wing. That fourth and fifth spot um he should hold down and the other person I notice is Cameron McInnes who's plateaued of late Scores 58-64 and has a break-even of 118, so people can get on him um, over, say, maybe a Ryan Madison uh, at a much cheaper price. For both of these sides, I've got a match-up rating of average. Um, the Dragons, um, surprisingly, have conceded the seventh most amount of Supercoach points since Uh, The break and for the Raiders, um, they don't seem to be the same difficult opponents as what they were last year. Um, Since round two, um, I see them ranked fifth overall, Um, so pretty similar to the Dragons, really, in points conceded. Um, However, they've had. they have face the storm, Knights, Tigers, Manly and the Eels. So it's pretty rough draw that they've had. So I can see this being a pretty tough encounter for the Dragons, I'd say. So um, that's why I'm a little bit uncertain about Dufty, although that he's been, you know, some of the balls that he's been playing um, passes, um, it's been fantastic.
1: Yeah. I guess for me, it's, it's not going to be any tougher a matchup than the Roosters were a week ago. Um, And I know they had a bit of adversity in that game, but the Dragons really looked to stand up in that one. I was, pretty impressed with the way they went about it. It was their best game of the season, I think. So um, if they can do that against the Roosters and they can bring that same form over, this one should be a pretty tight affair, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think that from memory, Dufty scored a lot of his points in the opening bit of the game before players went down as well. So um, he certainly looks good and he does make the Dragons look better. Let's move along to the Eels versus the Cowboys. What's happening there?
1: Yeah, obviously the big one is Mitchell Moses out after straining his calf. Um, There was a bit of concern I know from physio straight away that he'd done an Achilles the way that he sort of took off and pulled up straight away clutching at that lower leg but just a calf strain he has a little bit of a history of them um so they might be a bit cautious with him on his return but at the moment he's looking at about two to three weeks on the sidelines uh Field takes his place he's not overly relevant due to the short stint um that Moses is projected to be out um but um I guess for me, like, Brown's going to be stepping up and I think taking a main playmaking role. Jai Field's going to be on the right side playing inside Madison. Is that going to affect Maddo at all? Um, I'm not sure. Maddo gets through a ton of work anyway, but, you know, he's, he's not going to have the same quality of ball coming his way, so I'm just not sure how that affects him. The only other change for Parramatta is Gower um, replacing Alvaro on the bench. Nothing really of interest there. And for the Cowboys themselves, no changes after a very surprising win last weekend. Um, Val Holmes has been named in the reserves and there is a good chance he's a late inclusion. I think Greeny said that he's going to give him every chance he can to um, take the field. So that'll be sort of a captain's run call, maybe game day call. Yeah, you made a really
0: good point there, actually, about Dylan Brown. I, I think that's going to be quite interesting to see whether that means that Lane's going to get some more attacking stats compared to Matto, um, or whether Brown just starts floating on both sides. So, um, Matto is obviously really expensive at the moment, well, uh, over 700K break even in, in the 60s. Um, so, potentially, this is what the non owners need to kind of bring him back to the pack a little bit because he's almost getting out of reach. Um, at that price range, um, so I'll be hoping as an owner that he he does that um, for the for the Cowboys. I think you've nailed that one. Uh, Vel Holmes you're probably going to come into the side, and that'll probably see the hammer shift to the wing, um, and then O'Neill to um, to the centres, um, which is what. I, so I think we're on the, both on the same page yep. there. Yep. Uh, for the matchups, I can see that this is a good matchup for. Um, for the for the eels, the cowboys have conceded on average 51 points per game, um, of 57 points per game the week before, and then even last week against your boys, despite tallying up your boys, I'd say, um, yep. um, they still conceded on average 51 points per player. So there's plenty of super coach points there to be had for the cowboys. Um, moving along um, to uh, to what the eels have been doing, and they they've been. Um, I would have thought they would have been uh, – they would have actually been a little bit more difficult to score against. But if you take out that um, that round three performance against the Broncos and Lowell Oncos, I think they need to be caught from now on. But um, they conceded just 34 points per player that round. And since then, it's been well over 50. Um, so I'm still – Uh, nervous about playing drink water Um, but Tamalolo to me strikes as a pretty decent captain option or even a VC option for your Friday night what are your thoughts
1: yeah absolutely Tamalolo is someone I look at every week and he's someone you have to look at every week Um, but he he sort of stands up against these bigger packs so um, I'm very much considering him um, for possibly a straight up captain option but I have to have a a deeper look into what the other VCs and stuff are. Just looking at his past games against the Eels, he had a 94 against them last year. um, And in 2018, he had an 85 and a 67. So they're straight up captain, you know, scores. So yeah, can't go wrong with the big man.
0: I don't think so, um, but we've been saying that about Payne Haas as well. We'll get to him pretty soon. The Gold Coast first, the Sharks. So they've both made some minor changes here, I'd say. So for uh, the Titans. No, sorry, minor uh, so changes,
1: major changes on the Gold Coast. Major. Major. Bring it on, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your boy, Bryce Cartwright. He's back. Comes in at the on the uh, interchange. A,
0: yeah, well, it's a Yeah, Bryce Cartwright for Dale Copley. Um, That's not going to win you too many matches Uh, and neither will Tyrone Peachy who shifts into the centre as well. Um, That's the only change for the side that smashed the Broncos last weekend. Um, And then for the Sharks, you've got Fafita um, for Ueli, but that's been a a game day switch. So I'd probably just be – there's not too much there from a Super Coach perspective anyway. Just speaking about this game, um, I'm pretty concerned about Joe Arrow. He's been someone that I've been carrying this year, but – Last weekend, just played the 52 minutes, uh, 43 points, um, and a three-round average of 54. So, if you own him, I'm not sure if you do, would I you do, be yep. um, looking to maybe upgrade him to say a matter?
1: Yeah, I absolutely will be. It's just a matter of when I can do it. Um, as I said before, diff- differing priorities. But, yeah, his minutes are hugely concerning. I think... If there's one thing you can probably take out of the game last week is he didn't have to do his usual tackling rate that he would when the Titans are getting pumped every week, and he probably didn't have to put his hand up for as many runs because you know the Titans were moving through you boys pretty easily. So um, I guess that could explain the work rate a little bit, but still hugely concerning. You'd think that the amount of points they put on and the amount of tack they were doing, Jai might have had a few more runs or offloads or something like that, but yeah, he just wasn't involved. Um, what he does have going for him is the scores against the Sharks the last couple of years, 110 and 70 last year and an 86 in 2018. So big scores, but I, I just don't know. I don't think he's playing at that same level.
0: And I, I think he's due some point or due some attacking points as well. So um, I'm going to be hoping that he can finally get over for a try this week. So definitely playing him. But it seems to me that he's always um, the least of our problems, Um so um, hopefully I can move him on next week. For the Sharks, that right edge has been on absolute fire over the past couple of weeks. Sean Johnson and Sione Katoa are absolutely lighting it up. Um, I think that Johnson uh, is one of the buyers of the round um, this week, uh, particularly with the likes of a drink quarter and also – a. Um, just people need to get him out of the side, and you've also got a monster that's gone down injured, injured. You've also got a Moses, so there's plenty of players there in the halves we need to fix up, and he looks like pretty, pretty good buy. So let's let's just focus in on that. Um, now the Titans for me, uh, ha- before looking at the stats, I'd go this, and this is just a an easy matchup for them, but they've actually been a bit better than what I've thought in terms of points conceded since um the break, um, and. If you look at last week, they coming into last week, they are the fourth most, but then after the game against the Broncos, amazingly, they've slipped down to ninth overall in terms of points conceded. So that's a little bit surprising for me. But the interesting point here is that they've conceded on average um, over 60 points per game to right-edge players. So what does that mean, Lakey? That's potentially party time for Katoa and Johnson, who once again come up against a pretty weak left-edge defense.
1: Yeah, that's it, mate. Katoa's coming into this game with five tries in his last two and then he gets to face the Titans. As you said, that right edge has been absolutely on fire and if you've got these guys, they're, you know, they're captaincy options, both of them, the way they're playing at yep. the moment. So yep. I've I've got both Munster and Drinkwater um, and I'm seriously considering a, a Cleary and Johnson um, inclusion this week. Yep. Um that is the way I'm
0: going, my friend. I'm not going to think too far too hard about it this week. Just um, the trade will be, I think, Dufty and, and Moses out for those two as well. So lock in those two guys as um, keepers for the rest of the year, hopefully. For the, um, the Titans, uh, just a player of note, Ashley Taylor, who's uh, produced a couple of really good scores, uh, but he comes up to up against a shark side that's conceded the least amount of points to the left edge this year. So he's run of good games and big scores could be coming to an end. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colours. Visit Alberts.com and use code Super24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A L L B I R D S.com, code Super24. Let's move to the match of the round, Lakey. The Warriors <laughs> versus the, the Broncos. Um, I'm going to let you walk through these Warriors changes because there are plenty.
1: There are. There are. David Fusatua, Wade Egan, and Jack Hetherington are the ins for the Warriors. Um, Fuss was out with a concussion last week, I believe. Wade Egan, I'm not sure why he was rested. I can't, I don't have it off the top of his head. Suspended. There you go. Um, And Jack Hetherington gets his um, Warriors debut on loan from the Panthers. I know the Warriors are really struggling for some players, but I think I saw Anton on Twitter say that he's not sure they need any more middle forwards. They need some other players, but, you know, they'll take what they can get. They lost uh um, Masili, If I butchered that really incorrectly, I apologize. Um, but, yeah, the Roosters had him on loan out to the Warriors and have called him back with their run of injuries. Isaiah Papali is uh, dropped to the bench and Gerard Beale makes way for David Fusatua. So that's the ins and outs. Then they got the whole big shuffle with the team lists. So, you know, oh, and sorry, as as we were lining up to this, RTS was fronting the judiciary and um, he failed that um, appeal. So he's suspended for this weekend as well. So, that'll see a, a shuffle in the back line. You've got JTB. He's named starter again. Tohu's pushed out wide and Blair's named at lock. But, you know, those are the sorts of changes that have been, you know, uh, sorry, those are the sorts of names that have been listed um, on a week-to-week basis before game day changes. So, I'm not sure what it's going to look like on the day where the JTB gets um, demoted again. But um, I guess we, all we can do is wait and see and and who comes in for RTS. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. That's a that's a
0: Anton question. Mm. Not I've got I'm not sure. Maybe Beal comes straight back into that side. Um, possibly. Um for the Broncos uh, they've made just the merry-go round. So the scapegoat this week is um is Corey Oates, of course. So he gets dropped. Um, albeit I think this has been a long time coming. He's he's horribly out of form, and yeah, I was um, we'll about to ask—is like, like he in a, a lot of confidence? Is
1: he a scapegoat, or was this due because he has been awful in the last few weeks? And I think he needs a bit of a kick in the ass to get, um, just to say, you know, get your head in the game.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that he can't drop down to to reserve grade and, and get some confidence. He'll be basically sitting on the sidelines not doing anything, so it doesn't really do much um, for his um, you know, returned. He could be out for a while if um Isako performs on the wing and then also young Tessinu um uh, plays a good game this week. So in the bright side though, it looks like New's gonna play the full 80 minutes this weekend, played 60 last week, given that is not on the bench. Uh other ins is Flegler and also Kerrigan, who both returned from suspension. Uh, Matt Lodge has been named, to, but he could be uh, a laid out. He had that knee injury that looked pretty severe, um, but he's just um, been massively downgraded. So he's been named to start in the uh, at prop. And then uh, Joe Offingawi, uh is out through suspension. So I think he's going to miss two weeks if he accepts the early plea. Um, that's all I really want to cover there with, with those guys. I, I'd say that... Um, it's a great matchup for either side. Both the the Warriors and the Broncos have conceded plenty of points in Supercoach this year. So if you own any of those players, you just play them. That includes a Tessie New, who I'll be rolling out once again uh, this weekend. Um, and then for the Warriors, uh, probably the main player of interest there is uh, Toto Harris, uh, who should um, still play some minutes in the middle this weekend. Uh, let's move along to the Tigers versus the Panthers. Um, so it's a little bit I think it's a little bit yeah, a lot quieter here. So no changes for West. Um but for Penrith they've got Josh Mansour who's returning. Uh Brett Nadum was a uh, a late inclusion with Mansour just missing. And uh hopefully uh I don't don't I'm not sure if you saw Cleary um yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, the but man. mate mate, that was incredible. And just to hear the reports, it's amazing that he actually could play. Um given the barely see what a performance really
1: yeah so we all had a bit of a laugh and a chuckle at um his appearance but in all seriousness it was a really bad infection he had um our boy joe had this last year and he spent a few days a few weeks in hospital um with the well yeah that is he's not a he's not a football player by any means but he was very surprised the way he felt he was surprised that um Cleary made it for game day, uh, let alone starred the way he did. So, um, fingers crossed he's over the worst of that and he can come out the other side of it even better. Um, But, yeah, he looked awful. Absolutely looked awful.
0: He did. He did, but he shapes as a pretty good buy this week, I think. So, he's got a break even of 42 and might be the cheapest that we're going to get him. And if you look at his fixtures ahead, so they play um, Wests, obviously. Then they've got the Sharks, Cowboys, Titans, and Manly, less turbo. So um, I, I think that he's a must. Um, and with that break-even, you've just got to get him in now. The other guy, too, is uh, is Appy. So I see some people considering to trade him out. But with that run of fixtures, I can see him um, putting up some pretty big scores over the next few weeks as well uh for the tigers this is the nofo show isn't it he's just yeah. played, been absolutely fantastic and then you've got tommy talau um who's on the bubble this week <laughs> break even a negative 31
1: listen let's go a bit of um pro and con on nofo you're an owner and i know you're loving it i'm a non-owner and geez it's hard to watch him play he's been outstanding and it sucks not having him in my team
0: yeah look I think it's pretty much like not only Matteo I think that both of those guys are must-haves this year um no foe for the center wing he's 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 his floor is just so high with the base power I think it's around about uh, 55 points per game and for um for a center wing that's almost like um Yo kind of level so he's a, he's an absolute must there um, and they just love going down that right side too um, with BJ playing. BJ's actually passing the ball to him,
1: well, which is amazing. Nofo just demands work. He comes in, he's doing those sort of Rapana-type um, runs from dummy half, and he's busting tackles, and he's intercepting passes and going 60 metres. He just wants the ball in his hands, and he's getting it whenever he wants, and, and two right, too. He's he's producing every chance.
0: Yeah, it's pretty similar to, um, to like Sione Kutel's doing the same thing as well this year, just... It, it, just running inside and demanding the ball um on to getting through heaps of work so that's fantastic to see um for both of these sides let's just quickly talk about the matchup um if we're going to look at let's start with the Tigers. so um I think it's a bad matchup for them against the um uh, against the panthers so if you ignore the round three performance against your boys the knights um um I had a look back for their scores today so you had two scores over hundred and four over eighty so um, that was just, a, I think, an outlier. Since then, they've conceded the third few supercoach points between Browns, four and seven. Um, so I think that's a pretty bad matchup. And for Nofo, the Panthers have conceded on average 50 points per game to the right edge, but just 35 points per game to right side wingers. However, they haven't seen Nofo yet this year. No, so, um, Nofo is Nofo's almost not, matchup. As proof bullish I wouldn't as it was about, about, about him again, last week against the Bulldogs, um, still definitely a play this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. So no, folks, just match up proof. I don't think you can be too concerned. And as for your stat against um the Knights, the big scores against the Knights, that was a ninety minute game. So that you know, obviously went uh, a bit of extra time. So those scores were inflated a little bit. So the Panthers have just been outstanding this year. They're hard to go up against.
0: 14 all those, so not too many points there in real turns, but plenty of super Coach points there. Um, I think Glasby scored 130 or something ridiculous. Um, yeah, with a HIA, mind scores. you. I don't know
1: how he did it. He hasn't done anything like that in the other three years he's played for us.
0: <laughs> Incredible. And then uh, looking at the, the Panthers playing the Tigers, so would you believe me, Lakey, if I told you that the Tigers have conceded the least amount of supercoach points
1: since the break? I would not. That surprises me.
0: So just 42 points per game on average per player. However, you do have to look at their draw. So they've played the Sharks, Titans, uh, Raiders, Cowboys, and the Bulldogs. So it's been a very easy draw for them, and that's also helps NOFO um, too. Um, but let's give them a bit of credit. However, I still think that the Panthers are going to have a good it uh, shapes is a pretty good matchup for them um, this round. Let's move along to the Seagulls first, the Knights. I'll let you take this one.
1: I'm not sure I want to talk about my boys this week. They don't deserve it. Yeah, it's just a blip, mate. <laughs> it's
0: just a blip.
1: <laughs> no, that's it. It's it's both teams. Both teams were woeful in, in their round seven games, and they'll be looking to bounce back. Um, but they haven't really changed too much. Moses Suli comes back in, replacing Brennan Elliott on the wing. Um, Garrick is at uh, fullback. Um, obviously, Tommy Turbo is still out. The only other change from the Manly side from last week to this is uh, Marty Tapau promoted to the starting side, seeing Kepi drop back to the bench. Um, but I guess the biggest news for this game is Bradman Best quarantine is over after seeing Mummy and Daddy, so he gets to come back in straight into his center spot. Um, replacing Shibasaki um, and Tim Glasby for the Knights is out with a HIA. So SASA starts at lock to cover him with um, Pasami Solo coming onto the bench. But, yeah, huge news with Bradman Best in. That's going to help everybody, I think.
0: Yeah, massive, I think. So he's a definite start this week, obviously. Um, But that's probably about it, I would say. The only thing to me that I I kind of – and I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on this. I know we've got our trade – podcast tomorrow but Kalen Pong has been pretty well held over the past two weeks. What are your thoughts on that? Are, are coaches just figuring out how to play now?
1: Yeah I think we've seen a lot of guys shooting out of the line with those backline plays that Knights are having. I've seen a lot of um, what previously was Caitlin getting it with some time on his hands and making the right pass or busting the line or something. He's catching the ball with a second rower right in his face so It could have been a bit of game planning around that. Hopefully, the Knights can switch back and game plan to help him um, get a bit of time. But um, you say, like, he has been well held. He's still pumping out 60 scores, um, which is, uh, you know, better than everybody who's not named Tedesco, really, um, in the comp at the moment. So, I'm holding at, you know, obviously bigger priorities and all that sort of stuff that I've said before. But the goal kicking helps him, um, which some of the other fullbacks don't have. Um, And the Knights, I think they've got a pretty decent run coming up. They've had a couple of tough games, and I think they've got a good run coming up off the top of my head. Don't quote me. But, um, yeah, so I won't be moving him, but I you go on at the days where he's pumping out 150s for fun. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Um, the, the Seagulls were pretty ordinary last week, uh, last weekend without, um, Turbo. So they conceded 50 points per player compared to 44 points per player, uh, in the four games leading up to that. So does that make, does Turbo really make that much of a difference? Or was it was just a, an off game for the Seagulls. I think we're going to find out this weekend because the Knights, um, uh, vice versa, um, Put in an absolute shocker, but um, they're better than that. So it's going to be a very interesting game, 4 p.m. on a Sunday, and I'm backing Ponga to bounce back given the afternoon time slot. Four, um, the other player of night's interest there is David Klemmer, who's bottom man in price. So I think he's an option this week or next for those looking to upgrade at prop. Um, just having a, a look back at the Seagulls, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, he's an option for people who are looking to trade Moses, um, I would say, or if you can't afford Cleary. So he's he's definitely bottom man in price. Very cheap compared to past seasons, and we gave you the stats last week about what he's produced without turbo. I think it's an average of seventy points per game last year. And then you got To Power, who you pointed out, so he's got a break even on ninety six. And amazingly, I think he he's going to be available for below four hundred k.
1: Yeah, um, he's sitting about four forty which... at the moment with that ninety six um, break even, and he's pumping out yeah. sort of fifty to sixty scores. So he's going to drop another thirty k roughly you know, he's going to become a straight swap for a JTB or a Toby Rudolph almost, and I don't think you can pass that up.
0: No, I agree. So I might be looking at that, but that's a luxury trade for me. There's a few others that I need to to bring in. match rating for the Knights. I've got them as good, and the main reason I've got that is because the Knights have conceded 53 points per game to the right edge this year. So I think that's potentially a positive for new Cherry Evan owners, um, one to watch there. Let's move on to the last game of the week. The Bulldogs first, the Rabbitohs. So, um, some pretty bad news for the Bulldogs because they've got Will Hopwire, who's, um, their best player. He's out for a, a long time. So I think he's missing until about round 13, 15. Then they've got Jake Avarillo, who's kind of been their bright spark in the, the back line and been, um, uh, performing very well. He went off early with a HIA, has not recovered from that. So he's going to miss. And then Jack Cogger has been dropped. And that's seen a massive, um, massive change um, in the – and also, I think uh, – sorry, carrot Holland has also been dropped
1: uh, too, I believe. Uh, he's gotten, um, He's been pulled back to the bench. So, Jack Cog has dropped out of the side completely. He was playing a utility role last week. Um, they've brought in Nick Meany, Marcelo Montoya and Christian Crichton into the back line, dropped Holland to the bench to replace Cogger, who's out of the side completely. Yeah,
0: it's all over the place there. You've got – you're moving your wings into the centres and then you've got new guys coming onto the wing. So um, I think um, you don't have to be a genius to know that this is a cracking match-up for the Rabbitohs. The likes of a Latrell Mitchell and a Cody Walker could have huge games. However, um, uh, they play on the other side. Um, unfortunately, so we've seen what what teams have done against that Bronco, uh, that bulldogs left edge over the the last two weekends particularly. Um, but uh, it'll be, what do you think? Do they allow Walker and Mitchell to roam, or will they predominantly play down the left?
1: Well, Mitchell's the fullback, so he'll roam a little bit anyway. Um, and he had a couple of right side raids of recent weeks. I think when he played the. Um, titans was it where he had his 112 point game he scored a few tries down against that left edge defense then so i'm excited for his matchup um i don't know i i think everyone's just going to get involved it's hard to see the dogs putting too much of a clamp on on this side considering all their t- attacking prowess across the park um but i think that the bunnies will keep to their structure that's what wayne bennett's known for a very structured play so to speak so yeah, I think you'll see Walker stay out on his left-hand side and, and um, uh, Reynolds run amok on the right.
0: Yeah, it's going it could be a cricket score here again, unfortunately, for the Bulldogs supporters out there. For South, you got James Roberts replacing Braden Burns. And Roberts is one to keep an eye on because I think he had a negative um, score on the weekend after that sin bin and he came off the bench. So... He's going to be a player that's going to um, decrease in price quite a bit. So, one that I'm looking at um, for the run home potentially is a bit of a pot option, uh, particularly if Souths can start to get their tails up. Yeah. So apart from that...
1: Sorry, he's at 350K at the moment, um, just had a negative five. So, Mm -hmm. he's got that in his rolling average.
0: Yeah, definitely a player to monitor, I think, for the run home. But apart from that, mate, that's basically it from the last game. Is there anything else there you want to add?
1: No, nothing huge. Um, Just Luke Thompson has been floating around a little bit. So that's the Pommie International prop. He's named in the reserves. Um, Whether he actually gets a call-up to play this week or not, I'm not sure. They might ease him in off the bench and that sort of stuff. But um, he's... From all reports, and I don't know too much about the the English forwards, but um, he's apparently a superstar and he'll be a, a big in for the dogs. So he's one to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, those English forwards have had a pretty good track record over here of like compared to the back. So um, you'd assume that he's going to have a pretty big impact. Uh, Well, that's it for the TLT podcast. Um, Lucky, thank you for coming on board. Um, Is there anything that you want to to add before we sign off?
1: No, mate. I'm just looking for a much better weekend from both my side, super coach and real rugby league. So let's get at it, boys. (laughs)
0: Let's do, I need to go and finish off the team's analysis and uh, try and get to bed, I think. So um, that sees us. We'll be, I'll be back on with JT uh, a little bit later tomorrow. So we've both got some commitments in the morning and then also uh, a lot going on during the day tomorrow. So we'll be recording tomorrow night. Uh, but until then, thank you again for listening and all the best. Cheers.